Hello and welcome to another edition of Write With Influence, where I share my persuasive writing and messaging techniques for making more sales in your business. Today I'm sharing a short interview I did last year with Carl Gillis, who is a conversion rate optimization expert and co-founder of AG Consult, a conversion optimization agency based in Belgium. Now, in this interview, Carl shares some simple user research tricks that you can use to write copy that can have a dramatic effect in the results that you get. Sometimes we can get too attached to our own idea of our product that the copy we write ends up completely missing the mark with customers. And this can be frustrating. Let's say that you've worked hard writing copy for, say, a new landing page. You send an email out to your audience with a specially crafted offer, but instead of hearing a cacophony of ka-chings as you make sales, it's more like Simon Garfunkel popped around on a bleak Sunday afternoon and all you're hearing is the sound of silence. When you put out an offer and you get no response, it can be heartbreaking and unfortunately it can be very common. But what's also common are some false beliefs that we can have when something like this happens. Beliefs such as, no one wants what I have, my offer isn't very good, my product isn't very good, I need new marketing tools and different email delivery system or a new landing page design, or these people are idiots. And more often than not, it's not actually any one of these reasons. If you put out an offer that gets no response, it doesn't mean it's not good enough. It could just be that you have not found the right message for your audience about that product. Fortunately today, Carl is going to give you some tips to help with that. The other thing that you need to remember is people are very bad at following instructions. We can't just tell them what we want them to do. We need to persuade. We need to appeal to the emotional part of our customers' brains that make a buying decision. I mean, this is what copywriting is all about. A quick illustration for you and partly therapy for me. I don't know if this is just something that happens when you're the youngest in the family, but quite often it doesn't matter what I say, how rationally I present an argument. It's like my family just can't hear me. Hiya, Dad. You alright? You look a bit flustered and your flat cap's skewed. Oh, it's this blasted computer. Oh, whoa, whoa, where's all this language coming from? Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that, gosh, everything's so blooming slow on this thing. Let me have a look. Hang on a minute. It says here you've got 247 updates pending. Have you been stalling updates? Oh, no. You won't catch me out with any of that nonsense. What? When when was the last time that you installed an update on this? I don't click on anything that isn't in the Google. I'm not going to be victim of one of those angling frauds. Angling? What do they call it? Line catching? Bottom trawling? Fishing. I think you mean fishing. Look, it's good that you're being vigilant, but trust me, it's not only safe, it's actually important that you keep your computer updated. It keeps it more secure. I mean, I don't know why. We only bought it five years ago. What could have possibly changed since then? Quite a bit, Dad. It's technology. Well, I've got a Casio calculator from 1976. I've never had to install updates on it. Still adds up perfectly fine. Yeah, but this isn't a Casio calculator. Well, do you do updates on your computer? Yes, Dad. And that's why I've never had a problem. Hmm. 
Maybe I'll check with your brother. Oh, look, here he is now. All right, Dad. Hello, firstborn, fruit of my loins, my heir, the old chip off the old block. Now then, can you just have a quick look at my computer? It's, it's a bit slow. Your youngest sibling had some funny ideas about updates, but it sounded like blah, blah, blah to me. You know what she's like. I'm still here, Dad. Sure, let me have a look. Mm, it says here you've got 247 updates. That'll definitely be slowing things down. Just, just click here to install them. Thank you. Finally, we're getting somewhere. So yes, sometimes people don't take any notice of you, but it doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't mean that you can't get them to listen and to take action. Now in this interview, Carl is going to share with you a couple of things that you should check for if people aren't taking you up on your offer, and also some techniques that you can then try. I'm eager to take notes and find out how I could possibly use them on my dad. Enjoy. Carl, you will be speaking later this afternoon. I'm really yes. looking forward to hearing you as always. But for Thank those you. who may not be familiar mm. with you, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> That's a deep question, Amy. Well, my childhood. No. <laughs> uh, what do I do? Well, since 2001, I'm the co-founder of AG Consult and we are a company specialised in usability and user research. That still is the core of what we do, user research. Now it's called conversion optimization, growth marketing. Some people call it growth hacking, but I don't like the word hacking. But the core of what we do is use research and help companies to improve their communication and the way they sell stuff to people based on what the audience really wants. Very noble. Now, um, customers, mm -hmm. when we put out an offer, mm -hmm. in an ideal world, we would say this is our product and they would buy it. Now. <laughs> Customers don't always do what we say. <laughs> Not at all. Now, does that make them stupid? No. No, not at all. And it's funny because when we do user testing, and sometimes people can't find what they're looking for on a website, or they're like, what is this, and I don't understand it. The first reaction of our clients, when they see their clients, is, oh, where have you found this guy or this girl? He's stupid or she's stupid. And the second or the third, they're like, hmm, this is the average customer. So it's, it's not the customer to blame, it's the company to blame. I always say when there's something wrong with your website, it's your fault. You did something wrong. I love that. I love the, I love the, the owning, it, owning the responsibility. But it's really interesting that that natural assumption could be mm -hmm. there is something wrong with this customer no, because our no, stuff is fine. No, no. Of course, sometimes <laughs> there are strange people. But the average person, and it's something that a lot of people... They know it, but they don't know how to deal with it. It's like when we're on the web, it's also in real life, but 85, 95% of our decisions are made not rationally, but just like on autopilot, the, the subconscious. Which would make sense why yeah. direct instructions don't always work. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not yeah. rational yeah. beings. No, we're not <laughs> rational beings. We see other people doing stuff and it's like, ah, I want to do it too. Yeah. It's, that's, how, that's how people work and... It's, if, you, if you master that art, it's, it's not easy, but then it makes it easier to persuade people to buy from you. And that's what we want. So let's say you... you, you Without being <coughs> tricky. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I think that's also one of the, the things we... And, and that's one of the, of the things that m more people in our business should be aware of is like the ethics side of business because it's very easy to trick people into buying something, but then you have... 
the one-time sales and what I think is the goal of what we do and persuasive copywriting and, and conversion, growth hacking, growth marketing is that you build a relationship with a client and that you have a client for life and not just a one-time deal. The one-time deal is very easy to do, but then you will trick customers into buying stuff and after five minutes, they will be, huh, why did I buy it? And that's not a happy customer. So I think the goal of our job is to create happy customers. I love that. And, and that, that's something that um, I, I, my approach to copywriting is it's about matching the perfect person mm. to the perfect yeah, product. Yeah. Um, there's a guy called Zig Ziglar who I like who he, he, he's talked in the past about salespeople. And he says, you know, if someone tells you that they can sell anything to anyone, that's not a salesperson. That's a con man. Oh. Ah. And I and I really like that approach. Yeah. Is it has to lead to a happy oh, yeah, customer. Yeah, it's very important. I could be a con man too, I <laughs> but that's a. Oh, I don't doubt. Yeah, but that's that's a danger of our job. And yeah. sometimes it's like, yeah, I know the tricks of the trade, but it's not about the tricks of the trade. It's about your client and then his clients and how to make a perfect match between them. So let's say you. If you were putting out an offer, you, you, there's something that you want to look at that has not, and this is going to be quite general, I'm sure, but say you have an offer that hasn't been taken up or there's a website that's getting traffic but very few conversions. What would you say are kind of your go-to things to check first? First thing would be most of yeah, First thing is like uh, really a usability audit, like does it work? Mm-hmm. Do we understand how it works? Because sometimes that's a problem. But nowadays, most of the time, one of the biggest problems has to do with content and then copy. And sometimes the third problem is, is it the right audience that's coming to the website? What we see is that a lot of companies, they spend a lot of money on advertising and Google AdWords and they think like, okay, let's go broad. And then they have lots of visitors on their website, but it's not the right visitor. And once again, it's to find the perfect match, the visitor and what is the offer, and then compare them. One of the first things we normally do on a website is a survey. What are you looking for? Have you found what you're looking for? What's holding you back from buying stuff from us? Um, just very open questions that result in facts, because that's a fact. What are you looking for? What is the main reason that you don't buy this product? Um, did you find all the information you were looking for? And sometimes that will make it very clear that there's a big gap between what the company is trying to sell and what the visitor wants to buy. I like that. And I like that with surveys, is you're, you're, I think it's really important to have those open-ended questions because and, and a lot of people sometimes are afraid to ask mm, their customers no, and to reach out, no. which goes against the idea of yeah, building this yeah, bridge to your it. product. It's, it's like, oh, what, and we, it depends, of course, from what you're selling, but what we often see is that people really ask very detailed questions. They are happy to see a survey, and sometimes it's, it's more like a support question, but that's okay. But open-ended questions is very important. Don't ask stupid questions like, do you like our website, yes or no, <laughs> on a scale of one out of ten. That's bullshit. It, that doesn't deliver you real insights and real information. And, and if you have a normal survey and you have 10 or 20 answers, you will start collecting, seeing something, and that will help you to adapt your website. And sometimes bring you back to down to earth, because if you're the owner of the company and or the 
product owner and you're writing and you're always busy with your product and you're writing copy for your product, sometimes you don't see it anymore and you don't see why are people looking for I have an example of in my talks about the carports. Yeah. And the, the, the copy of the carport was like technical details, like special treatment of the aluminium so they can give a 10-year guarantee. And then there was a special treatment of the epoxy glass and blah, blah, blah. People didn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just asked, why are you looking for a carport? And people say, yeah, I hated to scrape the ice from my windshield in winter and I hate to get into a bloody hot car in summer. And we just adapted the copy. We used it. Are you tired of this and this and this? And then pfft, sales went up because people recognized their situation yeah. because they are looking for a solution. And your copy should be, you know that, <laughs> <laughs> your copy should be about them and not about you, what you're selling and not in the first place. Yeah, and it's it, because we people can get very uh, attached to their idea of the yeah. product, but ultimately you're in, you're oh, yeah. in business to... <laughs> to match those perfect yeah. people with your product, to yeah. make those sales. Yeah. And if they're, if your audience, who could be a perfect customer, yeah. if they're telling you something yeah. different, that's a good sign that you should listen. Yeah. And so, <laughs> one of the first clients we had was an air conditioning uh, construction company. And their website was full of technical details and the product selector was so difficult. And then we went to, to clients and we asked, okay, why did you buy from this company? And they said, oh, you don't see it and you don't hear it. That's great copy. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and that's what companies and sometimes forget. It's like... Yeah, you can overcomplicate it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it is as simple as that. Yeah. And then and they were talking about the titanium air filters. And it's like, yeah, maybe that's the cause because you don't hear it. But just say it. You yeah. don't hear it. And it may be relevant yeah. in, in, yeah. You know, in, in some kind of on and product and classification. Yeah. And, and a reason is yeah. to, hey, we can, we can deliver this think, because of this. Yeah. To come back to your basic questions, like you have people on your website and they leave. I think... The first impression should be an easy one. It should be directly relate like, yes, this is what I'm, what I'm looking for. for. This is the solution. Yeah. This page will help me because you're Googling and you go one, two, three, four, five. You open them, you switch between the tabs and it's like, yes, this one is different. This one has a solution for me. And then the rest of your, and I'm, I know I'm always talking about copy. It seems that you hired me, but copy <laughs> is so important. It's like, it used to be different. When we started, it was mostly design problems, but nowadays, I think in 75% of all cases, the changes we see that get the big uplifts have to do with copywriting slash persuasive psychology principles. Making that meaningful yeah. connection yeah. and making yeah. it quickly. Definitely. So just to finish up, okay, uh, just <laughs> quickly, one minute left. Um, what will you be talking about today? It's an outline. Of <laughs> it's a beautiful oh. title why you fail at digital marketing and what to do about it. And it's about the gut feeling. I start with asking questions, showing A, B cases, and 90% of the audience will have it wrong. But that's what they do in real life. They trust their gut feeling. And I want to get, I want to cure them to make decisions based on gut feelings. It should be about data and user research. Brilliant. I'll be writing up about that. Cool. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And I will put details about where people can find you as well. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. Carl had some great practical tips about how to listen to your customer and then turn that feedback into effective copy. I cannot wait to try them. Don't forget, if you have a copy question you want answering, drop me a line at hello at writewithinfluence.com or leave a comment on the podcast page over at writewithinfluence.com. Till next time, keep believing.